Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning again, and thank you all for being out here. Would you do me a favor and just turn to somebody nearby and say, you needed that this morning. Would you just let them know that? Tell them you needed that this morning, and then turn back to them and tell them, and you need this too, right? You don't want to miss what's coming next either. So if you haven't already, you should have been given a a handout as you came in the door. On one side of that is a great place to take some notes. The other side is uh, Mr. Spence walked us through a great place to get connected at the Central Hub. Find out about all the opportunities that are there for you. But thank you all again for coming out. And you're here on a great Sunday as we believe every Sunday is a... That was a little weak. Every Sunday is a... Man, I'm hearing you now. It's a great Sunday. We kick off a brand new study entitled Living the Bold Life. And today we're talking about actually living boldly. In Proverbs 28, verse 1, it tells us that the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. How cowardly of them, right? But then it tells us the godly are as bold as what? Anybody. Little hints right here in the... uh, the graphic, as a lion. The, the godly are bold as lions, and that's exactly the kind of life that God has created us to live, that bold life. If you've read and studied the Bible, any at all, or just heard some stories from the Bible growing up in different ways, there is a common theme that runs from start to finish, and that is the boldness that the people of God have in their lives. From people like Moses, and listen to me, the encouraging thing is they didn't always start out bold, right? How many of you remember Moses tried to get out of the assignment that God called him to? He did everything he could do, made every excuse in the book. But guess what? God said, you're the man that's going to go and stand before Pharaoh. And in the end, that's exactly what he did from Moses to Gideon, who was hiding out in a, in a grain elevator for his life and scared to go out. And, and Samson, the man that God gave incredible strength to, to the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who stood up when everybody else did what? Bowed down to a false god, and they said, we will stand, and it doesn't matter what you try to do to us. And they threw him in that fiery furnace, and guess what? They didn't do what? They didn't burn up. They didn't even smell like smoke. I, I love that story. People like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, people like Joshua to, to Paul and, and, and Peter and John the Baptist and Ruth and Mary and Esther, some great bold women in the word of God, and on and on and on. Whenever people truly walk in right relationship with God, they discover the boldness that he brings to their lives and their stories. And you gotta love that. And something inside of you, look at me right now, something inside of you has to rise up and say, I hunger for that, I want that in my life. I'll never forget as a, as a teenager when I came to Christ for real. I grew up in church, but I, I played the game and I got out and I started doing things I shouldn't behind my mom's back all the while she was taking me to church. But when God finally got a hold of my heart in August 3rd, 1983, I'll never forget saying, God, I don't ever turn back. I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. I want to honor you with all my life. And I remember going and, and, and being at school at Hunter Hus High. How many Huskies out there? And in our PE class, we played basketball every single day. I loved it because I love to ball up, man. I still do at age 43. I still love to. Well, anyway, I'll never forget being out there. And, and you know, Huss, not, not a little goody Christian private school, right? It's on the worst side of town possible. 
rough place. I remember being there playing basketball every day in the gym. And when God got a hold of my heart, I remember going into that gym and, and starting to play ball. And my, my buddies in there just, just cussing like crazy, man, F this and GD this and all that. And I, I just said, stop. Now, you got to get this in your head. I, I'm, I'm, I know I look taller, but I'm only 5'9". <laughs> and my wife argues with that, but she's wrong. I am 5'9", every inch of it. And, and at that time, when I was in high school, when I graduated from high school, I weighed 124 pounds, right? I'm not this incredible physique that I am now back then. I, I was just skin and bones. And I remember just standing up and God giving me the, the boldness to stand up and stop the basketball game and say, hey, if you're going to play down here on this goal, because there was games going on all, all over the gym and different sets of guys we was playing here and there. And I said, if you're going to play down here in this goal, there will not be any language like this. You will not be taking God's name in vain. You won't be dropping F-bombs and stuff. And I kind of remember just standing there looking at him and them looking at me like, dude, are you for real? Little 124 pound, five foot seven at that time, maybe eight if I was, you know, had my, my taller shoes on with a little bit of sole on them. Remember them just looking at me like, are you for real? And then all of them just started saying, okay, okay, oh, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. And just remember how good that felt to make a stand, to do something that was bold. And listen to me, man, I started praying and believing that God was going to touch their lives. And then week after week, I started seeing some of them come to youth group with me on Wednesday nights. And, and God changed their hearts and lives. Why? Because it was a bold stand that I was willing to take, even though I was kind of scared. But you know what? I said, enough is enough. It's just like the stand that, that, that little David took when he went up to the battlefield, which was even, even bolder, and, and Goliath was coming out. We've talked about this hundreds of times, and it's one of my favorite all-time stories, and he finally went up there, saw what was going on, heard with his own ears, and said, hey, enough is enough. Somebody's got to take a bold stand for the name of God and do something about this giant. Would you hear me this morning, church? I believe we are living in the days and times right now in our world where God is looking across the horizon of our population and he's saying, would somebody rise up and live bold for me? Would somebody just dare rise up and say, enough is enough, this evil, this perverse, this wickedness that's all around us, that's bound, abounding in our world right now. Would someone that's righteous and godly make that stand and say, it's got to stop here and now, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to declare the goodness of God and say, hey, enough is enough. Two of us believe that. I really believe there's more that believe that. In this room. So today we're going to begin to unpack what it looks like to live the bold life. Maybe you're tired of being pushed around and, and, and hiding out in the corner or living an uninspired vanilla life, afraid to speak up for what you really believe and possess in and through Christ Jesus. I have great news for us today, and that is that we are going to journey through God's Word together over the next several weeks and discover what true godly boldness looks like and how we can have that in our own lives and our own walks with Christ. And please know this up front, that spiritual boldness is not trying to be something that you are not. How many of you realize in this room that there are hundreds of different personalities in this building right now? 
that you're not me and I'm not you and that we, we act different, think different, react different. We have these different modes of living and, and personalities as we call them. So God's not trying to make you into something that you're not. But also hear this, the other side of that, it's all about becoming all that God created you and empowers you to be in your own life. And listen to me, every one of us qualify for the bold life. No matter what kind of personality you have, no matter what your characteristics are or your, your traits are or whatever, you qualify to live the bold life in and through Jesus Christ. Amen? God does amazing things when we just give him, look at me, ourselves, and say, do with me what you want to do. So that's what we're talking about as we march through this study, and I want all of us to get a hold of this, and I want to talk to you about the theme of bold and what we're, we're going to do in the next four weeks is we're going to look at some different stories from the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn over to Acts chapter 4, as is on top of your outline there. In the book of Acts now, if you're new to the Bible, Acts is pretty easy to find. If you flip over to the New Testament, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and then there's Acts, right after the four Gospels, a little bit of history on Acts. Acts was written by Luke, who was a medical doctor, and he essentially captured some of the highlights of the very first New Testament church and the powerful acts of the disciples through God's power. There, After Jesus' resurrection as his ascension to heaven, he left the church there and said, hey, I am sending the Holy Spirit who's going to fill you with power and is going to send you out to change your world. And what we have in the book of Acts is the recorded Acts of those very disciples that Jesus did these works through. One of the dominant themes of the book of Acts is unquestionably the theme of boldness. In fact, when you look at the results, when you look through the book of Acts, and I want to encourage you to just read through the book of Acts in the next weeks uh, ahead of us, when you, when you begin to read through that and see all the miracles that are happening all over the place, as we're going to look at some today, if you're like me, you begin to ask yourself, why are we not seeing these types of miracles? in our day and time. Why do we not see these kinds of healings and miracles and lives transformed and, and thousands saved upon one message of the gospel? Why? What I believe is possible is that it's because we don't have that bold faith and take those bold stands that those people had that led to bold spiritual results. So let me give you a couple of definitions and then we're gonna kind of lay a foundation for today and for our four-week study called Living the Bold Life. If you're taking notes, here's the definition, first of all, in your outline of what boldness is. Number one, boldness is behavior born out of belief. Does that make sense to you? Behavior born out of belief. Now, I said we we're gonna look at uh, verses eight through 10 of Acts chapter 4, but I want to start at verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn over there, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. It's talking about Peter and John. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, the religious leaders, if you don't know what that means. So being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on Peter and John and put them into custody, however, the next day, for it was already evening. Until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. Listen to this church. And the number of the men came out to be about 5,000, not counting the women and the children. So there were probably eight to 10,000 who came to Christ in that one message. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many were, were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in their midst, they asked them this question. By what power or by what name have you done this? 
Then Peter, verse 8, where we're going to start with, filled with what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, said back to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, they had, they had healed this man who was crippled, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Doesn't that sound good? Whole. He's healed. No longer is he crippled. Who did you do this? Whose name did you do this in? Whose power? Well, we did it in the name of Jesus, the one that you crucified. Listen as we go on. This is a stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. You got to love that. Peter and John taken into custody by the officials of the town because they were preaching Jesus, the one that, that this crowd had just crucified days earlier. Now, when they were crucifying Jesus, where was Peter? He was hiding out. Even after he said, Lord, I would never forsake you. This is, a, this is a guy who had good intentions before, followed by timid actions. And, and the biggest one was when he denied knowing Jesus three times as they had arrested Jesus and were about to crucify him. He's the one that said, Lord, even if all these other disciples walk away from you, I will never walk away from you. I will be there with you no matter what happens. And he denied knowing him three different times. Not very bold. Bold intentions, but not great on the follow through. But something happened after Jesus raised from the dead. The Bible tells us he went and he found whom? Peter. And he tells Peter these words. I forgive you. I'm going to restore you and I have an assignment for you. And here... Days later, we see this same guy who denied knowing Jesus, who run away and hid in fear. We see this same man standing, what? Boldly, out in the town square, having been arrested, declaring that Jesus gave him the power to bring healing to this man. I love that. Church, boldness is behavior born out of belief because what you believe Write this down on your notes somewhere. Determines how you are going to behave. Listen to me. If you believe everybody's going to criticize you, if, if, if you believe that everybody's going to put you down, then you're going to behave very tentatively. If you believe you're probably going to fail, then guess what? You're going to venture out very cautiously or not even at all. So many people never get started because they believe, I can't do it. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall on my face. It's going to be a disaster. So instead of trying anything, they stay back in the harbor and never launch out into the open waters. If you believe those things, then guess what? Those are the results that you're going to get. However, if you believe the one true God is calling you, empowering you, equipping you, he's with you, he's not going to leave you, he's leading you, then you're going to live a very bold life. Why? Because boldness is behavior born out of our belief. In fact, if you're taking notes, the Greek word that is translated as boldness is the word parhesia, and this word means more than just speaking. It means outspokenness. It means assurance. It means courage. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. 
Did, did you hear that this morning? Act without fear. So what that means is tomorrow at work, you can stand up. You can stand up to your coworkers and not do something crazy and off the wall, but you can stand up and say, hey, man, I love Jesus. He has changed my life. And, and man, I just wanted to share that with somebody today. I just wanted to let you know the good news that Jesus loves you too. You don't have to do anything wacky. You don't have to do anything crazy or off the wall. You just have to stand up and be bold and be the person that God has created you to be, a witness for his glory. It means you're not going to hold it in to yourself. You're going to share what God's doing with you and in you. So I ask you, what do you believe about God and yourself in God? Because it's going to show by our behavior. Amen? If someone followed you around this week and kind of monitored your life, how would that look? What would they chart? What kind of bold stands do you take? What kind of, what kind of lines do you draw in the sand? What kind of message are you, are you proclaiming? What kind of talk are you involved with? What kind of lifestyle are you showing? Is it something that's bold and courageous for Christ Jesus? Or are you living intimidated, pushed around by the enemy of your soul? Listen, I'm praying with all of my heart that God would take this church of people that we call Connections that may not be known or characterized by boldness right now, but that God would give us courage, that God would give us an outspoken spirit, that God would give us the desire to act without fearing anything in this world, that God would make us bold in him and through him and for him. That's my prayer, that God would turn Connections Church upside down, that he would, he would radically change us from the inside out to be all that he has created us to be. That we wouldn't just cower in the corner, but we would stand up and be bold. Why? Because we believe in our hearts that he, he is with us. He's not going to leave us. And he's going to cause us to stand strong, just as we see with Peter and John. Terry, would you come? Good morning, church. My time with you today is probably going to be very short. I'm still feeling a little unwell of something that happened to me yesterday. Uh, yeah, that's funny, as you've already know. But uh, see, Robert, Scott, Joseph, and myself had the privilege to be a part of the Amazing Grace Race, which raises money to support the Potter's House ministry. Um, when Robert asked me if I wanted to be involved, of course, I was super excited and felt privileged to be involved. Um, that is, until we got to an event um, that I was chosen for, and I'm not really still sure how I got chosen for that event. Still working that one out. But I, uh, I had to drink not one, not two, but three cups of nice, thick, warm buttermilk. <laughs> so you should be glad you were not there to witness it because it was not pretty. Um, so, of course, naturally, when Robert asked me to speak today, I was immediately suspicious and was wondering what the catch was. No, when he asked me, I was excited and again felt privileged to be involved and to share God's word with you today. Um, but just like how the buttermilk got me, so too did this scripture in terms of conviction. So if you would, go ahead and turn with me to Acts 4 verses 13. We're going to continue on. Um, and though I was excited, I thought to myself, yeah, man, this, this is me. This scripture right here, yeah, I've got this. And then I had to ask myself, was it me? So we read in Acts 4, verses 13, 
When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is where we're going to camp out uh, for today. So starting at the beginning, um, Robert's kind of already mentioned it. When we see, when they saw the courage, who is they? They are the rulers and the elders and teachers of the law, otherwise known as the Sanhedrin. That is the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the rulers. Um, And this is very important information. Robert's already kind of talked about it a little bit. But it's not just the rulers, elders, and teachers. It's also very political. All right? So you've got the priests and you've got the politicians all slammed into one place. That makes for a good combination, right? So just to give you an idea of where Peter and John are, it it, it would be like being locked up and then brought before court with a jury comprised of only people who possess a Ph.D. and a judge who is related to the Clintons. So needless to say, they are in an impossible position. Robert's already mentioned it, but why? For the same reason that it's important to know who this council is, who this body is, because they were the very ones who handed over Jesus to Pilate to be crucified. So this is where Peter and John are. This is who Peter and John are standing in front of, the very same people, the very same leaders and the experts that crucified our Savior. We read, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, Ordinary men, they were astonished. So some of the smartest leaders of the time, most of which come from families who are mostly treated like royalty. You've got rabbis who are experts in the law, teachers of the law, who were astonished by Peter and John because they were just ordinary men, right? Unschooled in Mosaic law with no official teaching in the synagogues or had spent no time in the temple court reading scrolls and texts like they had the privilege to do, right? But the apostles called them out. See, back in verse 10, Robert read, Peter says, It is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth whom you crucified. And verse 11, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. So what gives them the right to stand in boldness to speak to these experts? And by what means were they given this great knowledge and understanding? Well, let me ask you, by a show of hands in here, who is an expert of this book? Anybody? I know I'm not. So that would mean we in this room are all just ordinary people. Well, if that's the case, I should be asking what gives us the right to speak boldly. And by what means have we been given knowledge and understanding? Can I do a little bit of preaching today? (laughs) Number two on your outline, God gives ordinary people amazing boldness. I do not care. Joseph started mentioning it when he was up here praying. I do not care. What college you went to, I don't care what college you didn't go to. I don't care what degree, what diploma, what certification or recognitions you did or did not receive. I do not care if you can speak well or can't speak at all. Married, single, divorced, it doesn't matter if you're short, tall, young or old, black or white, male or female. I do not care what theology courses you've taken. And I don't care how much doctrine you know. And I really do not care if you do or do not call yourself a a priest, a pastor, a minister. It doesn't matter. A A rabbi, a deacon, an elder, a board member president of the United States. Why? Because every believer has been given the truth and the ability to speak truth 
boldly. And I am here today as a living example that God gives ordinary people boldness. I am a nobody telling the world about somebody. I have no degree, no formal training, no Bible college. Heck, I don't even have a vacation Bible school. <laughs> True story. And I am so tired of the excuses. Peter and John are potentially facing death. They're before the same people who just killed Jesus, right? Now tell me just how hard it is for you to speak to a coworker or a family member who needs Jesus. You say you're in fear of losing your job or uh, a losing a good relationship with that family member or friend. Well, come talk to me once you've lost them in a Christless eternity. So by what means have we received this boldness? Well, let's continue. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with who? Jesus. It was not by some school that Peter and John received their boldness. It was because they had been with Jesus. Listen, I told you in the beginning, um, I was excited to share this before you, but it came with some conviction, right? There are probably some people within the past couple weeks who did not recognize that I have been with Jesus, which made me question, am I truly abiding in him daily? Am I allowing him to rule supreme daily? Am I taking hold of his sufficiency daily? See, it doesn't matter that on September 26, 1983, you surrendered your life to Christ. It doesn't matter if you've taken communion every year, and it doesn't matter that you go to church every Sunday. It matters if you have been with Jesus, not back in 1983 when you prayed a prayer, but yesterday, today, this morning, and I don't mean in this building. And I'm not just talking about corporate time that you come to church. I'm talking about the prayer closet, in the quiet place, in private. Have you been with Jesus? It wasn't just Peter and John's ability to speak. It was everything about them. It was their demeanor and how they carried themselves, which made it possible by the Holy Spirit. I promise you, when Angie Montgomery gets to praying, you know that she's been with Jesus. We know this because as you look back at verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, So before I hand it back over to Robert, I told you my time was going to be short. I want to show you that everyone in this room has been given the same ability. If you flip over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We are meant to grow, not staying infants. 
but growing rather in maturity. Us ordinary people, right, can speak boldly no matter what the circumstance and no matter what the audience as long as we spend time with Jesus. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for your heart. And wow, you preached the rest of the sermon for me. So we're, we're kind of good now. We can uh, close our, uh, well, I'm just going to add a few things to it. And then we're going to be, be finishing up here. Uh, he, he talked uh, uh, through verse 13. And one of the things I want to point out there is uh, number three on your outline. Your boldness will amaze the world. His, his translation said, uh, uh, astound the world. Either way, it, it just kind of staggers you, and, and those things that just kind of stop you in your tracks, and 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 that's what happened here when when Peter and John were drug out before them, and and were were arrested, and 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 were asked the question, you know, what power, what name are you doing this in? And they they proclaimed the name of Jesus, and then they went through the list of what these people had just done to crucify and kill Jesus, and and they pointed the finger right in their face, and the Bible says that they were astounded at these men. They were amazed, uh, as, as your translation may see, and we put on the outline. What does that? Why would that elicit that, that response from, from the crowd? Why would they be staggered? Why would they be amazed or, or astounded, ever how you want to translate that? Well, he touched on it just a moment ago, because these were the same people that crucified Jesus. We've both touched on it numerous times already, and they had the power, look at me, church, to kill these two men. I mean, they, they were greatly outnumbered. There was this mass of humanity that was there, and, and all, the, all the powers that be were against them. Nevertheless, they stood up and proclaimed the name of Jesus. What that tells me is that we're going to have opportunity to stand up and make bold claims about and for Jesus Christ in our lives. That we're going to have those moments that we've got to, to rise to the occasion with God's help and stand up and boldly proclaim no matter what the consequences may be. And that's what amazes people. That's what gets people's attention. And I'm not saying go out there and look for those things and create them and, and force them to be. No, I'm just saying be you. Be in God. Be in Christ. Follow him. Know him. Live for him. And when we do that as authentic Christ followers, these opportunities are going to come. These opportunities are going to take place. And in those moments, we'll be able to rise up with the boldness of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us richly, and we'll be able to proclaim the name above every other name, the name of Jesus, that there is no other name by which man can be saved, we will be able to rise up and proclaim that name without any reservation or hesitation. And I'm going to tell you what happens. It amazes the people that witness that. They're astounded. They're almost taken aback, and they're just kind of, kind of blown away. Let me ask you this. When is the last time you've amazed someone with your boldness in Christ? When is the last time you took that bold stand for Jesus and people were blown away? As a matter of fact, if you were to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 of how bold you are for Christ, where, where on that number scale would you, would you actually land? Would it be somewhere in the eight or nine range? I know some of you in this room, and, and that's, that's where I would honestly put you. Or maybe it's closer to the two or three on the scale. And, and that's okay if you are, because you know what that tells me? There's a lot of upside 
in where you're at. There's a lot of room for growth, as Pastor Joseph just mentioned down here on the front row. Some of you are strong, and some of you may not be. But I want you to know, if you aren't living the bold life, don't despair. Look at me right now, because God is here to bring that change in you and through you. Do you believe that this morning? You believe that God is talking to you? As a matter of fact, if you would with me, just a little mental, mental exercise, just push everybody else out of the room right now. Some of you are saying, yeah, there's a few people I'd like to push somewhere, but you know, that's a whole different sermon. Just put everybody else out of the room and just, it's you and me and God. And hear the words that he's speaking in me and through me for you. That you can be as bold as a lion. You can make that, that stand. You can be strong in him. And this leads us to the last thing I want to share with you. If you're lower than you want to be and should be, Point number four is very important. What we need to know is that spiritual boldness comes from knowing and being with Christ Jesus, as Pastor Terry just mentioned. He said he was going to do it. I, I wasn't surprised, and I appreciate him doing that. It comes from knowing and being with Jesus because the last part of that verse tells us they also recognized these guys as men who had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand in the face of possible death and declare what he did? He knew Jesus. Listen, church, when we know Christ, and I mean when we know him, not just know about him through a few stories we've heard growing up at grandma's bedside or anything else, but when we really know him, as, as, as Terry mentioned just a moment ago, by spending time with him in, in conversation that we call prayer, by, by hanging out with him in his presence, by worshiping him, by opening up this book that we call the Bible that usually collects dust on the, on the bookshelf somewhere, but we really open it up, we get it in us, and we get in it, and we, we know the word, and the word is transforming us, and we're growing closer and closer to Christ in this way. What happens is when we do that, then our faith grows and our, our spirit man grows and, and we, we build spiritual muscle and we get stronger and stronger. And so what happens when that takes place is that confidence comes in Christ, that we know without a doubt who he is and who we are in him. And we can rise up and make those bold stands and proclaim the name of Jesus above every other name because we know him, not just know about him, but in the depths of our hearts, we know him. And so if that's true, then the opposite of that is also true. If we don't know him, if we just show up once in a while to church, if we just sing a song half-heartedly every once in a while, if we, if we just open up our Bibles when, when you come to church and, and you hear one of us pastors say, open up Acts chapter four, we're gonna read a couple verses here and then we're gonna expound on it. If that's the only time we get in the word, if that's the only time we pray is when we're here corporately and we, we're going through the prayer and, 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 or you're praying over your food, if that's the only time that you call, talk with Jesus or you bring your wish list to him in an emergency situation and all hell's breaking loose around you and you, you're finally driven to your knees and say, God help me if that's the only time you're hanging out with him in conversation, and guess what? You're not going to know him. You're not going to be confident. You're not going to be strong. That spiritual muscle is going to turn into flab, and it's not going to help you out any at all. It's going to help deteriorate who you are in Christ instead of build you up. So we have that, that option in our lives. We can grow strong in him and know him. If you would take your word and go through it, you would find page after page, time after time, when, where Jesus gives the invitation, come, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, come. 
Come and communicate with me. Come and, and, and hang out with me. Come and be with me. Seek me and you will find me. It comes in all different kinds of forms, but the invitation is always the same. Come, come, come. Know me. Be with me. When God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden, what would he do in the cool of the day? Every single day he would what? He would come down to the garden and he would hang out with them. He would walk with them and he would talk with them. He would say, tell me about your day. What's going on? How's it going down here on earth? Even though he knew he still wanted to have that communication with them. And so he would build that relationship with them day after day after day after day. And now he says, come to me. Be with me. Build strength in me. Know me. <laughs> know me better than you know your spouse. Know me better than you know your children. Know me better than you know your BFF. Know me, and when you know me, that faith and that confidence is going to grow into a wildfire, and you're going to be somebody that is easily able. It's not something you have to, to, to force to happen. It's not something you have to psych yourself up on and say, I can do this, I can do this. No, whenever the situation arises, you're just going to naturally step up and say, excuse me, may I have your attention for a moment? I've got something to say, and that is, Stop that. <laughs> this isn't right. How, what, what, what authority do I have? Right there. I'm not talking about the ceiling. I'm not talking about the roof. I'm talking about Jesus, my God, my King, has sent me to declare to you the truth of who he is and what he's all about and what he came to do. And you're going to see that boldness just come naturally. Why? Because you woo, have been with the Father. You are one with him. You and Jesus hanging out day after day, loving each other, knowing each other, growing together. Isn't that what relationship's all about? Tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me. Anybody? Am I wrong? Is that what relationship is? Time spent, communication, just growing together. And when we do that, that holy boldness rises up inside of us just as it did with Peter and John and the rest of the disciples who, who Acts tells us later on in the book of Acts it says that these men turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ just close your eyes just for a moment and this is what I want to ask very simply if for whatever reason maybe you don't know Jesus is your Savior and your King and your Lord and your everything. Maybe you don't have that kind of relationship in your, your life with Jesus right now. Or maybe you do. And maybe you've just kind of lost your, your fire. Maybe you've kind of just drifted. I really felt pressed in my heart. Even before we were starting our, our service time together, I really felt, felt this brewing that, that there's some of you that are in this room and outside of this room hearing this right now via whatever stream or whatever media outlet that it's your own right now, that, that there's some of you that have walked with God for so long. You've gotten to a place of just being spiritually dull and your boldness has waned and your fire has, has diminished. Whatever the case may be, if you're in this room and your prayer is to know Christ more than you ever have before in your own personal walk, in your life, in your heart, to know him better than you know anybody on the face of this planet and to see God's holy boldness grow in you and through you. 
Would you just get up from where you're at right now and come and meet me at the front of this church? Would you do that? Would you take that bold step in your life right now and say, you know what? That's what I want. That's what I need. And I, I'm responding to the voice of God in my heart, in my life right now. Come now. Come now closer. I, I want to I have you down here. I want to be right here with you. I want, want you to come and make that bold step today in your own life. Would you join these? Some of you are just kind of on the fence right now, and you're, you know that God's speaking to you, but you're letting the enemy kind of just keep you right there in your seat. Punch him in the mouth, leave him behind, and get up here. You say, I've never heard a pastor say that. Welcome to Connections. Come now. This is your day. This is your moment. You're tired of being pushed around. You know that God has great things for you that he's calling you to. And right now, you're responding in boldness and taking, taking this first initial step to see change come and transformation happen. I want some prayer warriors to come and gather with these, some men and women who will truly stand and pray and, and love on these folks who, who have made this bold step and, and come to the front of this, this church today. Would you, would you make your way down now without hesitating? Come on, men, women who want to pray for somebody, who want to partner with somebody, who want to love on them. I need you to come, and I need you to come now and respond in faith and obedience and, and cover these folks with prayer. And I want you to just take a moment and and if you don't know them, I want you to introduce yourself and find out who they are just very quickly and ask them how you can pray for them. And more than likely, it's going to be for boldness, but, but whatever they share with you, just take that to heart and begin to minister to them and pray with them and for them right now. Would you do that before I, I lead us in this, this final prayer in this part of our service? Would you just take that moment and, and just minister and love on them and pray over them. For some of you, this is a bold step coming down and praying for people right now. And I, I, I admire that and applaud that. And I know, I know God does too, because he's calling us for, for times and opportunities such as this. And I want everybody in the room that's seated to just stand up right now. And I want you to take a bold step. For some of you, this may be very bold. And I just want you to stretch a hand this way, just to stretch a hand towards those that are gathered at the front of this church right now because the Holy Spirit has done something profound in them and is continuing to do that work through them right now as they have responded in faith. Would you join us right now in covering them in prayer in this way? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, that you've called us to greater things than where we're at right now, Lord. Whatever that step may be for some, it may be an initial step of surrendering their lives to you, Christ Jesus, and having you come in and forgive them and free them and save them in every possible way. For some, it may be just taking that next step of boldness and knowing you better, Christ, knowing you more, Jesus, just taking that time each day to spend with you, to love you, to, to mingle with you each and every day, to acknowledge that you're there with us every moment, God, and interact with you on a regular basis as you grow that relationship. And as we do that, God, we know the byproduct of that is our faith will be increased because we know that we know that we know that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. So God, let that anointing to know you spread across this room and outside of this room to those that may be watching and listening right now, that anointing to know you, that hunger and thirst for Jesus, our King, to just grow and intensify. And Lord, I just pray right now, 
that we know for sure that when that takes place, when that progression happens, that boldness comes naturally. Spiritual boldness will well up inside of us because of, of, of going through those steps that it takes to know you and to make you known that that boldness will rise up like a wildfire burning in us and through us, God, that we will seize those opportunities. We will rise up. We will take those moments to stand up for you and your glory and your righteousness and be that light to this dark world. So, Father, I just pray for these men and these women, these young people, these adults, all of these folks that have gathered at the front of this church and for those who didn't come, but right now, God, you're stirring something in their hearts and their spirits right now. God, I pray for them as well. And for those that are watching or listening right now, Lord, you are there with them and you're able to do in them what you're doing right now in this holy moment in this church building. Lord, we all surrender to you and ask you to light the fire of boldness in us as your people, as your church, in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Would you worship the Lord with us one more time as our team leads us to what God is doing in and through us. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.